the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today, we're going to be talking to Stephen Christopher. Stephen is the founder of Sequest Digital Marketing, a web marketing firm designed to help business owners achieve results they never thought possible. Before starting Sequest, Stephen had run many businesses, including a mortgage company that he started in 2004. But with the crash of 2008, he learned what it was like to go from profitable to over $100,000 in debt overnight. From this failure, he learned more about business than any school or program could ever teach. Since then, he's become an avid student of personal and business development, and his number one focus is helping businesses thrive. The primary platform that Stephen uses to add extreme value to business is an online strategy and service that his agency, Sequest, provides. All right, Stephen, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Doug. I'm doing great today. Cool, man. Well, hey, tell me what I'm missing in the intro. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally, kind of where are you from, what's your background, and, and how did you get where you are? Yeah, so I, I'm kind of originally from right down the street from you. I grew up in Pensacola, Florida. A lot of my family is from Alabama. My dad was born in Corpus Christi. Um, so, you know, from, from the South and, and absolutely love the South. Uh, I grew up with uh, two parents that worked full-time jobs that, they were under this mentality of, you know, you, you get good grades in school, you get into a good college, you get good grades there, you go out, you get a good job, you work until you retire, and then you go do the fun stuff that you've always wanted to do and dreamed of doing. Um, so kind of that, uh, the non-entrepreneurial uh, way to grow up is, is really what I, what I grew up with. So, so let me ask you this, um, you know, you grew up in that environment and it was the traditional, you know, probably you, you go get a job, you work for 40 years for somebody, you retire and, and that was kind of their, their mentality. It wasn't the, uh, the entrepreneurial role you said. So how was it, um, you know, that, that you got into the entrepreneurial world? I mean, did you go to school? Did you, did you, uh, get out of high school and, and work? What, what was it? What was that like? Yeah, so I, um, when I was about 14 years old, I started my first business. I started a mobile car detailing business. And I learned about that time I was halfway decent at sales because I was 14, I couldn't drive, so I couldn't actually go to anybody's house. So I had to convince people to drive to my house so that I could mobile car detail their automobile. And so uh, that was kind of my first entrepreneurial thing that I started. But 
you know, that led me up to college. And when I was getting ready to go to college, my parents kind of said, okay, cool. You had fun with your little business. Now it's time for like the real world. You know, they kind of thought of it as like this play toy um, up until, well, they thought of it as a play toy, you know, like entrepreneur wasn't a real job. And when I, so I, I went to college, graduated, worked for a big financial firm and quickly realized that that wasn't for me. I would start to get these headaches like every day when I'd go to work, I'd have headaches during work and then headaches after work and just knew that something was off. It was just incongruent with what I knew I should be doing. And I saw so much opportunity within this company to improve its processes and its systems and the value that it adds. But it was such a big corporation, I couldn't really make any difference there. And that's really why I, 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 I couldn't stand it. I hated it. And so I quit and I moved to the Caribbean for a year. <laughs> so let, let's talk about that for a second because, you know, there's a lot of people that they, they feel like they're sick and tired of their job or their boss or the nine to five grind or whatever. Um, what, walk us through that, that time because, frankly, not everybody has the ability just to check out and go to the Caribbean. Now, you may or may not have had that luxury either. You might have just done it. But can you talk through what the, the thought process was and then actually going and, and doing that? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was just I knew that uh, the pain of staying there got greater than the fear and the potential pain of the unknown. And so that's that was my decision point. That was when I finally said, I don't care what happens, but I'm not staying here anymore because this is way too painful. Um, I moved to the Caribbean with nothing. I had no no job. Uh, you know, I had a couple thousand dollars that I had saved up, but that was it. So I just knew that. Well, really, like I said, the pain was so great to uh, to stay there that the it overcame the potential fear of the unknown of what I was going to do next exactly. I didn't even really know what I was going to do. I just knew that that wasn't right for me. You know, that's, uh, I have a, a similar circumstance, you know, when I went from being a nine to five top employee to leaving and it was like on a Saturday afternoon and one day I was like, I am done. And I get home and my wife's like, uh, what are you doing home? You're normally working now. I said, I think I just kind of quit. She goes, what? And, you know, freak out mode. And mine was probably a little different than yours. I had two kids, you know, a wife. And, and so I had to have some stability. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes it can work out if you've got that intrinsic motivation and you kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit. You talked about it at 14. You kind of already had some that you're a pretty good salesperson. But one thing I always encourage people to do is everybody has not everybody a lot of people have the dream of being an entrepreneur however and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it in this segment in the next about how you know you do those things how you gain momentum and how you transition through uh, those things but some people need a nine-to-five job they need the structure because if you don't have a boss guiding you and telling you what to do some people they just don't have the skill set or the discipline to uh, to operate so um, I, you know, when you listen to this show, guys, just because there's a couple of folks that, that get on here that are entrepreneurs and jumped out there and made it happen, I always caution, be careful. Don't just jump out there just because you want to. Make sure you've got the, the true enough desire. And I think that uh, that pain of staying, you said, was, was a lot more uh, painful than the fear of the unknown. You just got to make sure that you're willing to do whatever it takes to, to make those things happen. So, um, so, so now what island did you go to in the Caribbean? I lived in St. Thomas. St. Thomas. U.S. Virgin Islands. Okay, so so you can go down to the, so it's a U.S. Virgin Islands, so it's still a U.S. territory. You can go down there. Do you, you, no passport or anything. You just kind of go down there and cruise, and everything's good. 
yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, it, it's a, it's a giant rock in the middle of the ocean that's seven miles across and fourteen miles long. <laughs> really, I didn't know it was that small. Yeah, it's it's not very big, and really only I mean, really only about half of the island is heavily inhabited. Okay. So, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of people on it. There's not a whole lot of room to hide either. So I quickly learned what it's like to be kind of from a small town. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be a small town in the middle of the ocean. So, so what was it that you did down there? Were you able to uh, to get a job and and make some things happen? And, and how long was it again that you stayed? Yeah, so I stayed there for a year. Um, I went down with with nothing, and I got a job just working on a boat for the first couple months. And where the house that I was renting was owned by the president of a distributor um, that distributed all kinds of like high end wines, liquor. Um, you know, restaurant supplies, dog food, batteries, all this other stuff. And I, I just kind of kept bugging him. It sounded like a really great place to work. I knew I could make an impact on it. And every time I saw him, I would just kind of beg him for a job. And eventually I think I wore him down and he hired me. So I was a, uh, I was a high end wine liquor distributor to a lot of the restaurants on the island. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so let's talk a little bit more about just some, some different things. Cause it sounds like you've, you've been kind of like around the world a little bit. Um, what's one of the things in the past, maybe five to 10 years that maybe you've changed your mind on? Uh, maybe you thought one way and with a little additional information, you've kind of, uh, made a new decision. Anything that you can think of that you've kind of just, you know, changed 180 degrees on? Yeah, I actually have a great one. And this is a, this is relatively new. Um, so when I when I started my first company, when I started the mortgage company and then my first digital marketing agency, um, my goal was always revenue based, and it was always how do we grow massively more from a revenue standpoint. So you know we'd set out these goals like okay, you know this year's we want six million and ten million. And um, what I just really sat down recently and realized is I I spend a lot more time crunching numbers right now and. Um, actually, so our current digital marketing company, Sequest, I just I just decreased our goal um, for December of 2019 by four million dollars in revenue, and I did that by really asking a lot of other business owners questions about at what point in time does your business start to turn where the revenue doesn't turn into more profit, and at what point in time does it start to turn into uh, more of a personnel kind of like issue or something that you have to really start addressing. And so we actually scaled way back on our revenue goals, but profit is actually higher. Um, I I figured that I can make um, culture much more important. It can be a happier place for people to work. So I really had this big shift in the overall revenue of revenue goal for my company. And that's, that's brand new for, for me. You know that's that's great information, and over the years, I've I've met with many business owners, much as you have, and and talked to folks, and and done things with Inc. Magazine, and you know culture is so important, and sometimes when you're chasing that top line number um, at all cost, it it can you know your profits can decline, and and your culture it can really make a huge um, impact on you know what you're what you're trying to do, and and you know those are two things that are really in my opinion they're the most important. I mean you got to make money, otherwise it's a hobby. And then if you don't like what you're doing or your employees don't like what they're doing, well, then what the heck? You know what I mean? It's, it's tough to, to continue to grow and, and those kind of things as well. So that is absolutely great information for our ambitious listeners. And so, guys, tune in after a brief word from our sponsors. We'll be hearing more from Stephen on how he is growing his current business, Sequest, right here on the Ambitious Radio Network.
Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. Home ownership. It's the American dream. It's a goal you've always hoped to achieve. You've spent countless weekends looking for the perfect house on the ideal block. The rates are low and you've saved enough for the down payment. Unfortunately, now the mortgage company says there's a little hitch. Okay, let's be honest. It's a gigantic, gargantuan hitch. It's your credit. And it looks like your estimated house payment will be (laughs) a lot more hello this is doug parker with repairmycreditnow.com do you have less than perfect credit a repo maybe some late payments a collection account are they being reported accurately studies show that over 70 percent of americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports where do you fit in go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation and remember your credit is your future if you want to get started now log on now repairmycreditnow.com repairmycreditnow.com www.repairmycreditnow.com As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle. But if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we've got a gentleman that really has a lot of things going on. He has um, a digital marketing business. He's got a, a great podcast, and he, he really is is talking to business owners and, and helping business owners grow their businesses and do things. We talked a little bit in the last segment about culture and profitability, not just top-line revenue. But, Stephen, let, let's talk a little bit about how you monetize your business and talk a little bit about what your current uh, business is and what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Sequest Digital Marketing is my primary business and revenue generator. Uh, we help local service-based businesses, so everybody from you know uh, home services, heating, air conditioning, HVAC, electricians, plumbing, to uh, private medical, so dental, chiropractic, um, plastic surgery, um, all of that kind of stuff. That's our primary ideal client for our business, and that's really what's allowed us to grow. Um, actually, you know, you mentioned some stuff about how how do you produce the best revenue? How do you generate a great culture? And um, Part of how we did that is getting really specific on who we wanted to work with. And so we're very specific uh, when we pick the niches that we want to work with so that we can correctly market the business and generate revenue, predict growth better, predict revenue better. Um, we really we really thought a lot about that uh, in our business model, in our growth model. Um, so that's kind of the digital marketing side of things. You mentioned the podcast, Business Revolution. That started earlier this year in 2016 as a uh, project that I kind of said yes to without thinking a whole lot about it and then started started going before I got the chance to say no to it or really have any rational thoughts around it or the fear started to creep in. Um, but I've really loved it. I mean, the goal of my podcast is simply to help entrepreneurs get information and learn from other experts learn other people's mistakes so that they can shortcut that learning curve to to growth and it's it's been awesome you, you know I, i'm i'm 
so thrilled that you're doing the podcast and and you know the uh, the radio show that we're on right now in Business Radio was kind of born out of the same same type of a deal and I looked at it as a continuing education opportunity to really you know talk to people like yourself and you know talk about the best practices and things that um, are going on and it will apply to any business that I'm involved in then we package it up and share it with other people so that they can get a lot of information out of it so let's kind of rewind just a little bit and go back to you, you made a comment about picking uh, specific people that you guys wanted to work with and can, can you give a little clarity on what you mean by that and and maybe an example of how uh, you you know said hey I'm not we're not going to work with this particular person or this particular company or this type of company and then what um, and then and then here is a perfect example of who we are you know uh, looking for yeah this was one of the the best things that I ever did as a business owner at least for me um, back in the day I used to take on everybody you know everybody was our ideal client if you owned a business and you wanted to get more leads in the door perfect we would work with you and. I always fought this whole niching thing and I talked to a couple mentors and some coaches and they kept pushing on it and then I started just it just started showing up everywhere you know all of the experts all of the people that are really successful in making uh, creating the life they want uh, getting fulfillment and creating a lot of revenue they were all niched and so I was like all right maybe I should actually pay attention to this thing and so we started niching down and what happened was we got to work with people that we loved, and I'll elaborate on that in just a second, but we got to work with people that we really loved, and we actually could make a much greater impact on their business because we understood it so much more. So when we started working with a specific niche of business, we could get way better at it, and then now we could help all of our clients a lot more, uh, which led to more revenue for us. And then a really cool thing happened from the marketing side we didn't really have to market that much anymore because we were known as an expert in these in these very specific circles because we did such a good job. So now, instead of always having to market to everyone, which as we know is extremely expensive, time consuming, kind of a pain in the butt, now we had people actually coming to us saying, hey, we've seen that you're the expert here or we talked to somebody in the industry and they said that you're the expert. And so this whole idea of niching uh, has been fantastic since we started doing it. And it, kind of to go along with that, the ideal client, um, we're very specific about the type of business owner we want to work with. So we, it's kind of funny, and I, I probably can't say it on the air, but the, you know, we won't work with anybody that is a blank. And we want to work with people that are just really nice, good people. We want to work with business owners that refuse to settle for the ordinary. We want to work with people that are like, that are driven to grow and driven to add value to their industry. And we have this kind of bullet pointed list of people that we will and will not work with. Um, and, and that's been huge for us too. So now we've, we've dramatically shrunk in the pool that we can take potential clients from, but instead of having the effect that I thought it would originally, which would be much harder to get clients, it, it's had the very opposite effect. And it's been really, really great for our company. You know, I think a lot of business owners, they go through that struggle because you're, especially when you're starting up or, you know, it's it's not as profitable as you'd like for it to be. You you feel like that you don't have the luxury of turning anybody down. It's like, hey, I'll just, I'll take whatever comes my way and I'll just have to work harder because I got to have everything that I can get my hands on right now. 
And then as you become a little more profitable, you know, you start being a little bit more selective. Now, is that kind of how your transition uh, occurred or was it more of um, just, you know, a situation where you just kind of knew, hey, I'm going to do it regardless of whether or not it's profitable or not. I just, I only want to work with the people I want to work with. No, it's more of the the latter. So we started out saying, oh my gosh, I'll take anybody. Just give me revenue through the door. And if I can help you, I'll take you on. Um, but what I did in this company was I more quickly shifted to the niche. So after, you know, the first six months in business, um, we started getting rid of people or telling people no. So it's always this fine line of, of uncomfort versus revenue. And we're always trying to constantly more define that. So even now we're continuing to more define who our niche is with that little bit of uncomfort right on the revenue side. Like, you know, now we have clients saying, oh, I'll pay you know, $5,000 a month to do this, but they're not quite our right industry or we're not quite the best at it and we'll turn those down. And so I think it's just constantly chasing that fine line. Yeah, absolutely. Now that makes that makes great sense. And um, so let, let's talk about some of the fears. I mean, obviously, we talk about this, you know, being an entrepreneur and some of those things. And again, not that you have to be fearless, because if, if you have no fear, you can definitely get uh, you get hurt on on stuff. But you know, you checked out of corporate world, went down to you know to the uh, to the Caribbean for a while. Um, that's uh, a situation where you just jumped in and did it. But now when you, you know, came back into the, the world of, um, you know, call it the real world, not the Caribbean world, um, you know, what fears did you have about getting in business there and how did you transition through those? Yeah, I mean, I had tons of fears. Uh, how am I going to eat? How am I going to pay myself? How am I going to pay my team? How am I going to pay my rent? Um, th- those fears were, <laughs> you know, as you said, they're very real. And what I realized is one, at that point I was like, all right, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. So if it, if I have to work 90 or hundred hours a week, uh, weeks at a time, fine, I will. I just, I had made the commitment to myself that I would figure it out and that got rid of, or at least covered up some of those fears that, so that I was able to stay focused and, and generate, start generating some, some revenue and actually growing a business. Um, and I, you know, I, I think those fears are always here, but one of the things that happened to me when the mortgage industry failed was I, you know, I was at the complete bottom, hundred thousand dollars in debt, had to keep my car in the garage because I wasn't making payments. So it wouldn't get repoed, had to ride my bike occasionally, couldn't pay my rent. I, I really kind of hit the bottom and I realized it's not that terrible. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go back there again, but I still found ways to get food. I still have really great memories of spending time with my friends. I learned a ton. I mean, you know, when you can't pay for cable, you just, you read a lot of books. So I learned that it really wasn't that bad. Like a lot of the fears didn't actually come true. And so now I know that I can climb back out of that at any time. So it allows me to to take those chances a little bit more consistently, but still through the lens of intelligence. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you one kind of one last question as we wrap up this segment. If you could go back and kind of tell yourself one thing at any point in your past, uh, what would it be and um, at what time in your life was that? Oh, man. Uh, it, it would be the thing that we talked about at the first part of the segment, niche earlier. Um, be very specific about who your ideal client is. And I mean, if I would have known that 10 years ago, my business life would be completely different. 
That is great information for our ambitious listeners. And guys, right after a break, when we hear from our sponsors, we'll be getting right back with Stephen right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God or what they say? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers, and if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. This is Kelly Shackelford, president of First Liberty. We're the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. We've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to the local schools. If you want hope for religious freedom, go to firstliberty.org and get your free In God We Trust window clean. That's firstliberty.org. You're on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number. You have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network. And, guys, this has been a great, great interview so far. I've learned a ton of information from Stephen. And uh, we've got uh, uh, Stephen Christopher here with Sequus, and he is telling us about, you know, he's a successful entrepreneur. He's he's an expert in his industries, digital marketing. He's got a podcast. He's talking to all kinds of other successful people. And really, you know, we hit on the last segment about, you know, getting into your niche and doing that sooner. So it, it really makes a lot of sense to, to work with people you want to work with. You can do a better job for them. You enjoy it more. You make more money. Profitability-wise, not necessarily revenue so there's lots of great great information but let's let's jump into you know just real quick a little bit about how you determine what to do next because I know you're a busy guy and you know you've got the podcast you've got the 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 business of doing business and then you're just trying to to grow so what, what is it that you do to grow personally and how is it that you decide you know to stay focused on things or how to transition or pivot to other things Awesome. Those are, there's, there's a lot of great questions in there that could go a lot of different directions. Um, for at least from what I've learned, but you know, from a personal development and a growth standpoint, uh, mentors surrounding yourself with a great circle of influence. I mean, um, I'm constantly looking to bring new people into my life that are doing what it is that I want to do. So maybe not, you know, actually most times not the same business exactly, but you know, people that are living a life by design, you know, one of my my really good friends and mentors, Daryl Hicks, I mean, he says this all the time. Like, I'll see him on Facebook doing something cool, and he's like, life by design. You know, he runs this really large company in Canada with great staff, but he's created his business to support the life that he wants for him and his family. So, you know, just always looking at these people and trying to learn from them and trying to put new people into my circle of influence, see what they're doing to get to where they are now, which is kind of what I'm trying to do, and then doing some of those things that they're doing, studying the same people, reading the same books, going to the same programs. Um, uh, 
circle of influence is a huge way to grow. No question about it, and and you know it's uh, not not to go all biblical on you or anything, but in Proverbs, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It talks uh, in Proverbs thirteen twenty, he who walks with the wise will become wise, which is exactly what you're talking about. But then the next part of it is um, he who walks uh, he walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And it didn't say they'll be foolish; it says they'll be harmed. So you got to be protective both ways of getting the right people in your circle of influence to get you where you want to go, and then also either kicking people out of your circle of influence or just preventing them from ever getting in and causing you harm. So that's that's great information. Now, do you have any uh, particular people that you're following or anybody that's mentoring to you right now? Yeah, I mean, a couple that kind of come to mind. Um, one, I mentioned Daryl Hicks, uh, Dan Martell, Cameron Harold. Uh, Cameron Harold was the COO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK that grew it from $2 million to, I think, $160 million. Um, great book called Double Double and Meeting Suck are two of his most recent books that I that I like. Um, I love Tony Robbins, and uh, I'm not sure, are you familiar with Hal Elrod? He wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. Okay, yeah. Love. So, yeah, I mean, those are just a couple of people in my life that are mentors, friends, uh, and people that I'm following to to really accomplish what they have. Now, you said the uh, the got junk. Now, the, the guy from that. Now, is that someone that you're following? Is that someone that you personally know? Um, tell us about that relationship. Yeah, so uh, Cameron Harold. So it's somebody that I started following a couple of years ago and then through – slowly just always increasing my circle of influence and getting around more of the people that are doing what I want, I've actually started a kind of created a relationship with him. So, uh, you know, I, I have, I have access to him now. I can ask him questions personally through like Facebook messenger and, and he'll actually respond to me. Um, I attend a couple of the same events that he does. So it's cool to see that a few years ago I started following him and now only a few years later I have, I have access to him. I mean, he knows who I am. He, you know, he would return my phone call if I called him. It's, it's really cool to see how that is. And, I, you know, I think it's because I constantly uh, drove myself to become more personally. And then now I have more potential to add value to these people. So now they're more open to having a relationship with me. Absolutely. And I, and I think that makes a, a huge difference. And, you know, the reality is a lot of successful people out there, they, they like to help others. I mean, most people are not quote unquote self-made and the ones that say they are, and eh, they got somebody helping them for the most part. And so, um, you know, when you reach out to people and you can provide value or just ask them, hey, how is it that you've become successful? Try to uh, reach out to them. They may or may not be able to spend a ton of time with you. But but I've found over the years, as, as you have, Stephen, that if you just reach out to people, most of the time they'll connect with you on some level. And if you can serve them in any way or bring value to them in any way, a lot of times you can develop a relationship. And it was kind of, um, you know, I don't want to use the word cute because that, that, that doesn't sound right. But it, it was just um, kind of neat, if you will, that you, know, you reach out to somebody and you're like, hey, he'll respond back to me on Facebook or answer my call. But the cool thing is you have access to people, whether it's a, you know, a deep personal relationship where you're going out to eat dinner with them or, or you know, f- you know, they're like your family or anything. Um, but you can still correspond with them and you can get questions answered. And um, in this day and age, I mean, hey, to get a response back and to be able to ask them questions, that's quite valuable, um, even if it's not the traditional relationship that, that you, you, know, you hear about from a mentor-mentee standpoint where you're spending an hour with them a week or whatever. That's really, really cool stuff that, that you're, you've been able to do. So that, that's exciting. Now, um, 
you know, so so let's talk about maybe what's next for you as we kind of we got a few minutes left in this segment. But, you know, how do you make that transition to, you know, to determine what's next for you? Yeah. It, it, so what I do is I have a um, actually this is perfect. So in Cameron Harold's book, Double Double, it basically tells you or gives you a strategy to double your business in three years. Um, so we always have this three-year vision for the company, which also includes a three-year vision for myself personally. So right now, our three-year vision, you know, we have a certain revenue that we want to hit. I have a size of the company. We know how many employees we want to have. We know how many accounts we want to have, where we want those people to be paying. And then I know what I want to be doing personally. And so that really gives us a clear kind of game plan to follow. So now every day when everybody comes into the office or even when I'm home on the weekend, I know what I'm moving towards um, because it's already somewhat predefined. And so I think having that game plan or as Cameron calls it a a painted picture or a vivid vision is really helpful so that when you get up in the morning, you kind of know what direction you're going. Um, So, I mean, for us, we want to be the best digital marketing company within the home services industry over the course of the next three years. I mean, we just want to blow everybody else out of the water because we had so much more value to our clients that we're just the undisputed company that you go to if that's, you know, if that's the type of business that you're in and that's the, and, and you're looking for a digital marketing company. Um, and when we get everybody on board with that vision within the company, now I have, you know, a team of 15 people behind me moving in that same direction. Whereas like some of our competition, maybe the owner says that, but half of the people working there have no idea why they're coming to work or what the the company goal is and what they're moving towards. You know, that is really just great. I love that, that vivid vision and, you know, without vision, you know, people will perish. There's, there's a lot of different things, uh, proverbs and other things that, that are to that effect. And, you know, you've got to have a a little short-term vision, a little long-term vision. And and if you don't have a plan for where you want to go, you very well may wind up somewhere else. So that is, uh, (laughs) you know, great information and ambitious times uh, right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. After we hear from our sponsors one more time, we'll get right back with Stephen Christopher and we'll find out what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit. Hey, ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribe an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works? It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. 
Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we're talking to Stephen Christopher. This gentleman's doing it all, but right now we're going to talk about what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit, because when you're hard charging, when you're doing all the things that entrepreneurs do, it tends to kind of drain you a little bit sometimes because you're pushing real hard. I think you mentioned a little earlier in the segment he was going to do whatever it takes, even if that's 80, 90, or 100 hours a week for uh, a sustained period of time. So some of you guys, your your head might have blown a little bit like, whoa, what in the heck? But you know what? That's what entrepreneurs do. They do whatever it takes to make it happen. So uh, Stephen, let's talk about that a little bit, man. What 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 do you do that that really fills you that that kind of gets you back on track? Yeah, I do a couple things. I mean, from a relaxation standpoint um, and enjoying kind of the fruits of what I've created, give me a beach or a body of water and and some sunshine, and I'm pretty much good. Um, you know, that's kind of where me and my fiance, we, we vacation in Mexico. We go to the beach. I go down to the Florida Keys. Uh, I have some friends down there, just anything to sit by a body of water. There's this whole power behind water, at least for me. And, um, that's, that's how I relax and kind of recharge from that standpoint. Um, but one of the things you said is, you know, what kind of fills me and, a lot of the stuff in my life ties back to business and, and helping other people and adding value. And what one of my favorite things that kind of fills me is helping my team, my my staff, my employees, and other people around me create things that they never thought possible. So you know, like our our my employees, I want them to have a job that is something that they never thought they would have been able to have as a job. And then creating that and seeing the results from it and seeing how happy they are and seeing how it, it helps them accomplish their big goals and, you know, make a better life for them and for their family. Um, that's, I mean, that's the top of my list. That's probably number one and a half to maybe number one sometimes. Gotcha. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, anywhere with water and beaches and, and I was talking to a gentleman the other day and he said, you know, it's almost like a spiritual thing for him. You know, he gets to a beach and, and it don't matter when he lands somewhere. Um, it could be, you know, midnight and he can go sit by the beach and it's just like this, this ultimate relaxation. But do you have a specific beach or a specific place in the world? that's like, this is your favorite. I don't, I love, I love, I love, um, the ones that I'm, that I'm familiar with because I don't know, I'm familiar with them. They're great. I love them. But it's the coolest thing in the world to get off of a new plane or a, a new destination and see a new beach or a new body of water. So, uh, yeah, like anything for me that is water related is good. Cause I, I'm, I'm right there with your friend or the other person you were talking to. I mean, you know, there's something magical and spiritual. I mean, it's water. It's like the most powerful thing on this planet. And it's, I don't know, there's something very recharging about it. Cool. No, that's good. That's real good. So um, let's switch gears for just a second on, on the other side is, you know, is there anything specific that just kind of drains you that's like you you see this scenario and you're like, oh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, let's see. I mean, as far as draining goes, it would be uh, too much of the same thing. So if I don't get some variety, 
Uh, for example, like if we're making a big sales push and, you know, really trying to get a bunch of new clients in the door, really trying to get through a growth phase, um, I get burnt out on that really quick. So doing the same thing over and over uh, really is not fun for me. So I have to be really cautious to make sure that I schedule thing in bursts. You know, the working 80, 90, 100 hours a week, I can do that for a couple weeks, but I've got to have a plan to say, okay, I'm only going to do this for three weeks. Otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm drained and it doesn't make for the happiest version of myself, which, you know, doesn't make for the best version of myself for my family and my friends. That, that, you know, that's uh, that's great. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that kind of transitions into one of my questions was that work-life balance. And uh, you answered the question. I mean, the reality is, you know, you can hit it hard for a little while, uh, but, but you have to have a, a plan to decompress and to – um, unwind a little bit and get back to, you know, kind of some kind of normalcy. And so if you've got something that's draining you, uh, you know, there's things, stuff happens, life happens. It, it is what it is. But getting back on track. Now, I saw uh, somewhere that like you like to meditate and, and do some things along those lines. Now, is that like a scheduled type meditation every morning when you get up or, or you know, kind of what does an average day look like for you? Yeah, so I start my morning with uh, the book we referenced earlier in the show. Hal Elrod wrote a book called The Miracle Morning, and it's it's basically just all the things that we kind of know we should be doing as as entrepreneurs and people and people that want to grow in the morning, and part of that is meditation or silence. So every morning when I get up, I go through this little routine, you know, some affirmations, some visualization, uh, some journaling, some reading, and some meditation, and it kind of just resets me and gets me ready for the day. So anything that's happened in the past is the past. We can't affect it. But uh, before I started doing this, I would carry things from days and weeks and months in the past into my day. And that didn't allow me to actually move towards my goals as fast as I was capable of. So the meditation is just kind of like a reset button, just like on your phone or your computer. If you don't, if you don't restart it every once in a while, it gets bogged down, it slows down. So that's what that meditation does for me. And then it also allows me during the day, if I get stressed or if I get kind of caught up in something, I can sit back, take a couple very deep, slow, uh, like methodical breaths, and boom, like instantly I'm reset back to that that morning quiet calm, and then I can focus on, okay, now I just need to do this, and all the other stuff kind of falls away. So I mean, meditation has been huge for, for me. You know that's that's a it's good to know and, and starting your day off right and a recharge. I mean, um, you know, you talked about uh, getting up. Now, what about your night's rest? Do you have a certain time at night you try to go to bed? Do you have a rhythm of sleep? How, how much sleep you typically get, or what does that look like? Yeah, I I don't do as well as I should with that with my with my sleep routine. I travel a lot. I, I do different events, so. You know, hotels, uh, later nights. Th- there's all kinds of stuff that throws off my sleep routine. Um, you know, as as I would want it to be in a perfect world. But uh, I, you know, I generally get around six and a half, seven hours of sleep. Um, it used to be less, but recently I found that I just need a little more sleep now. So I, I listened to that and just started sleeping a little bit more. Um, you know, most of the time in bed by like nine thirty, ten. Uh, and I get up anywhere from 3.30 to 4.30 in the morning um, when it's nice and quiet and calm. And that's when I get a lot of my, my great work done. Uh, but sleep is I, – I have to have sleep even more so now as I get a little bit older. 
you know that that happens um it, it's it, we're, we're not as young as we as we once were and and i heard something the other day that father time has a a, a batting average of a thousand right he catches all of us and so <laughs> you know the reality is we got to listen to our bodies and and do those kind of things because that's another thing you know with our health and everything else is as hard charging entrepreneurs i mean there's advantages of being an employee that you know you clock in at nine in the morning you clock out at six in the evening take an hour lunch and you know when you clock out for the evening you know you don't have a worry in the world other than what am I going to do for the next you know 15 hours until I got to go back to work the next day uh, entrepreneurs it's not that way so you really got to keep yourself mentally healthy and and um, also you know just physically healthy doing the things you need to be doing and so that's that's great that you shared that so you get good rest get up you recharge you find a way to to go through and meditate start your day off the right way clear things out so you're fresh and, and I think you said that that's when you get some of your best work done is early early in the morning so man we're wrapping up the show um, can you tell us a little bit about connecting with you if someone wanted to connect with you they wanted to um, potentially you know use your company for some services or whatever the case is are you social do you are you, do you tweet are you on Facebook those kinds of things yeah so I mean our the website for our digital marketing company is sequus.com s-e-e-q-u-s.com um, you can fill out a form on the website and it, that'll get to me if you have questions specifically for me um, or somebody in my team can help answer your questions we got a great group of people within the company if you just want to connect and kind of talk entrepreneurship and and have questions about business or any of that kind of stuff through the the podcast business revolution um the website is bizrevolution.com and if you go to bizrevolution.com forward slash facebook that'll uh that'll put you right into our facebook uh group our community and that thing is really really active that's where like i answer a ton of questions um i love connecting with people in there and there, there's a lot of engagement by people that are way smarter than me about a lot of topics that is great, great information. So I just want to thank you for coming on. I, I've learned a bunch. There's tons of golden nuggets, and we'll get it all packaged up and put on the show notes page of Ambitious Radio. But uh, with that being said, you know, I just want to say thanks from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for carving out an hour of your time to spend with us. Yeah, Doug, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. This is like one of my favorite things to do. So thanks, thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for all the listeners for taking time out of their day. I just I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, guys, tune in Wednesday to Ambitious Radio where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.